If you like the Creative South podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else. A shout out on the podcast thanking you for your support. Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So, please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Welcome to the Creative South podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today I'm chatting with Ian Padgett, founder of Logo Geek. We chat about his career path, how Logo Geek came to be, building a community around it through his blog and podcast, how he reevaluated life and decided he didn't want to regret not doing things after the passing of his mother, where he'd like to take Logo Geek in the future, and more, all right after this. I talk about Jack Prince on the podcast all the time, and today isn't any different, except that I want to talk about how much we rely on them at Creative South. Not only has Jack Prince been a longtime sponsor of Creative South and the podcast, but they help us with so many cool things every year. Whether they are making our pop-up displays and tablecloths, or printing our notebooks, Jack Prince is always there when we need them. They even printed my Creative South podcast stickers that have a coupon code on the back that gives you a great discount on all of their products. Speaking of stickers, Jack Prince will print any kind, shape, size, stock, including full color stickers with full color liner prints for you to use as product labels, promotions, bumper stickers, hang tags, business cards, and more. Right now, you can get 500 3 by 3 inch die cut stickers starting at $149 when you visit jackprince.com. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PRINCESOUTH18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. Ian, good morning or, well, good afternoon for you? What, what time <laughs> it's is early it afternoon. It's just gone 2 p.m. here. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's math. That's six hours, eight, eight hours difference? Yeah, quite, like a, quite a few hours here, difference. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it should be daylight outside, but here it's um, very cold and, you know, very cloudy. So it's actually quite dark outside. So even though it's two o'clock, I've got the lights on already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here it's uh, cold, damp, um, and cloudy as well. So it's yeah. uh, not very not a wintry. Very pretty day. <laughs> yeah, it's de- yeah, it's definitely living up to the winter. Though I imagine it, you know, in in England, it's a bit colder than it is here in South Alabama. Yeah, I think at the moment it's, it's probably like zero degrees or minus one or something like that. Is is okay? You know, definitely starting to frost over so you know when you go out you need to be careful where you're going because there's like icy <laughs> icy patches sure yeah i'm i'm in like the 50 degree fahrenheit range whatever wow. that translates into celsius <laughs> warm <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> you're you're at uh about 30 degrees fahrenheit so <laughs> so yeah a little chilly there yeah so it's cold. Yeah, so so kind of diving into things, where did uh, where where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up in a uh, like a small village called Siddington. 
mm-hmm. um and it was just a uh, I, I lived on a council estate and um you know i i I grew up, uh, you know, with, with my uh, parents and, um, you know, family. I'm, I'm the youngest of a family of 10 in total between my uh, two parents. Um, Holy they, Yeah, cow. they they met later in life. Um, so oh, okay. my mum's my, family, she had four children and my dad had four children. They, they mm-hmm. met later in life. And um, then they had uh, my sister and then me at the end. So, you know, in terms of the house that I grew up with, it wasn't 10 people in that house. Uh, like some, some of my brothers and sisters, they're a lot older than me. And uh, <laughs> if you can imagine, they've got child, they had children of their own. So when I was born, I was already an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Your yeah, uncle is you. younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but wow, that's a, that's a, a healthy family now just out of curiosity are you do you know all of their birthdays all of your siblings um birthdays? honestly i'm really probably bad. not <laughs> somewhere in a calendar have, they are but not yeah, off the top i have of your them head. all written down but uh i sometimes forget and but thankfully i've got my phone and it alerts me <laughs> and uh yeah i can make sure to send cards on on time <laughs> just <laughs> oh, I'm still not good as I have. I mean, I know all I'm granted. I have one brother, but yeah. I know all of the birthdays in my family and I'm still horrible at, about sending <laughs> cards on time. So <laughs> I have no good excuse. Other than I'm really good at procrastination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so so when you were growing up, what type of kid were you? Were you into art and stuff um, like that? Or were I you was, more uh, that? Uh, shy, quiet kid that liked to spend all of his time uh, drawing and uh, making uh, models. Like I, I was really into uh, Artman animations as a kid. Mm-hmm. Know, so well, like Wallace and Gromit, and I, I used to like making like the plasticine models and um, building little houses for them to live in. And um, you know, any any time there was anything like on the TV, like I don't know if you know, like the. the 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 blue peter um like challenges and there was that like that tracy island i made the tracy island you know i was that kid oh wow <laughs> yeah i'm i'm vaguely familiar with it i know all of the ardman stuff but the 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 tracy island i'm vaguely familiar with it i think i've seen like one or two. yeah yeah but i was i was really into drawing so um like growing up i i used to enter competitions quite a lot so uh, oh, wow. in in the uk here uh, when I was about 10 years old, uh, we had uh, like um, an ITV news uh, mm-hmm. weather picture that used to come on. And uh, I, I remember I had my uh, my picture on the TV and that was like my first, <laughs> uh, you know, first moment of uh, fame. <laughs> sure. And that was uh, that was pretty exciting at that time. And there, there was a couple of competitions I, I used to uh, win because of that, you know, either through you know, like um, TV shows or mm-hmm. um, like school competitions. Like at school, they used to do a lot of um, the uh, tickets for for the play and uh, posters and stuff like that. And because, uh, you know, I used to spend all of my time just drawing and sketching and, you know, doing little animations in the in the corner of my uh, uh, books rather than actually doing the work that I was supposed to do. Um, <laughs> but I, I used to... I used to um, win those competitions quite frequently and uh like growing up i used to have people tell me uh 
you know, that I was, I was good at drawing. And I, I think that's probably what kind of pushed me, um, you know, down the, the direction I went when I got slightly older. <laughs> sure. I, I completely understand that. So when you got into school, like, you know, <laughs> what, what's the high school equivalent for the, Okay, so so here I don't know. It's probably different now, but I'll I'll say the way it was uh, when <laughs> I was a kid. So um, you had uh, primary school. Yeah. Um, so primary school here. was like up to uh, eleven years old, and okay. then you had uh, like secondary school. So secondary yep. school goes up to uh, sixteen, mm-hmm. and then once you go beyond that, it, um, you go into college, and that's where you're doing your A levels. So okay. I. I I went up to A levels and uh you know that's the point where you can then move on and, and go on to further education like at universities um sure. but I didn't take that option Gotcha cuz cuz here in the states you know college and university is pretty much the same thing it's just what a school is called it would, yeah. you know is it Boston College or is it Boston University and it's, you know and ironically, Boston College is the better of the two schools. I don't <laughs> quite understand that. Um, and I believe is actually a university. But <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's changed. But when I was a kid, um, you know, it was college up until 18. And then beyond that, anything beyond that, you know, any further education was university. So <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, I still don't understand quite the structure for the United States, because we have, you know, our primary school, we call elementary school, yeah. and that goes up until you're about 10 or 11. Um, <laughs> and then we have middle school that's for like three years. So until you're about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And then we go to high mm-hmm. school, which is the last four years. And then you would enter, you know, college or university, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and then progress from there. So. But you know up up until the high school thing every you don't really have a choice i mean i suppose you could drop out at some point but yeah i think you know. um um here you you it was compulsory that you went to school which was up mm-hmm. till 16 and uh-huh. then after that you you had a choice of what you wanted to do um but most people kind of went on to college which was just an extra two years of study and you could just you know kind of just pick uh what was it i think like three or four um specific study areas that you wanted mm-hmm. to go into and it was it's kind of like to prime you for university or prime you for your next step in in life sure. so some people do like um i can't remember what it's called i think like nvqs or something like that you know like mm-hmm. where it's a specific study that is focused on um training you up for a set job mm-hmm. um but i didn't do any of that i just you know studied that art related topics <laughs> <laughs> hey it's it prepared you for a specific it did job. it did it really did <laughs> yeah just wasn't maybe the job that they were planning that uh you would want yeah <laughs> <laughs> the arts are always left behind yeah uh, yeah i i think you're right with that and um it, i i think it's because a lot of the art related jobs are mm-hmm. challenging to get into and i mean if you are going literally into the fine art route um you know like the paintings and stuff like that to sure. actually make any money in that i would assume is very hard unless you're i very would good. assume so as well uh um, i was not very good at it that's why i did not pursue it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was lucky in that uh i was able to quite early on in my 
career start to pick up the tools you know mm-hmm. like the uh, the adobe illustrators and the photoshops and stuff like that uh, mm-hmm. I, I was able to pick that up very early on in my career you know you're talking like 20 years 20 years old i guess that's that's not yeah, that they're, young they're, is it but you know like that was after college that i kind of found out about that and and when i when i was actually studying at, at college i do remember that they had a room of max but at that particular time when you're talking like like 15 years ago now Mm -hmm. those rooms of Macs they were very very old computers they never really worked (laughs) no one know how to use them Uh um and and I do recall that there was actually um I don't know if that we we had like an RA level there was an option to to take a graphics route but to take that route was you know it went from like you know taking twigs and painting with sticks to sitting down <laughs> on a computer and there wasn't many people that took that direction sure um so i didn't even consider that route just because it sounded it sounded quite boring using these they were old computers you yeah know, th- this is this is uh apple pre nice funky um colorful uh max that came oh, out wow. time. that was pre then so they were clunky computers that didn't so this really is when they were it. all beige boxes still and yeah pretty much I, yeah. I can imagine i can imagine apple did have the the newer generation out but i mean this this was a college <laughs> but your school didn't yet. have them yeah, yeah they didn't they didn't yet <laughs> invest in that because it seemed like a it, even though it's not a new thing at that time it just felt like a new thing and you could tell sure. the teachers there didn't really know anything about it um, so it wasn't really it wasn't really tall. So you know, I uh, even though I I went to school and college and stuff like that. At the end of that period, I I had no you know uh, knowledge of what software I should be using if I wanted to to um, uh, take the career that I did in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can see that. So so you said you kind of started picking up. The software side of it after you got out of school. Yeah, I think it's probably it's probably worth explaining kind of what yeah. how my career went. So um, yeah, definitely. I, I finished college and um, I didn't go to university, and it was more because uh, of uh, how I how I grew up. Because, like I said, I, I'm the youngest of a big family. Sure. And um, you know, uh, as part of um, college studies, they. Uh, they did kind of encourage you and and uh, push you to to go towards further education. And um, I, I do remember I had a couple of uh, my um, tutors, teachers, um, advising me to take that route, even careers advisors. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do remember my careers advisor specific telling. Uh, she she told me, I can't do uh, what I want to do unless I go to university. But my problem was, I'd go home and uh, I'd mention this to my uh, dad, who at that time was, you know, he's in his 70s. Um, sure. Because I'm the youngest of a big family, none of his children or none of my mum's children went to university and um, they'd all been quite successful. So there was a the general expectation from my um parents and you know growing up that I wouldn't go to university you know because sure. um university has uh, an extra cost to it and um I I grew up like I said on a on a council estate and my parents didn't work um mm-hmm. you know they the money that they did get was was from you know from the from the government essentially so um I never considered university as an option and um even when I did kind of raise it 
I I did specifically. I I remember my dad telling me, "You're not going to university. None of my other <laughs> kids have done this, so you're not going." And I didn't feel that you're not to, special. I, I'm not paying yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That that was the that's just the you know the the way that my dad and his family um, grew up. Because if you can imagine, it's a very different generation. Sure. Um, like I said, you know, if he passed away several years ago, but if he was still alive today, it'd be like in his mid 80s, and he he grew up you know uh working on farmland you know we're, yeah. we're a totally different generation now so i understand um that mindset so because of that i needed to go out and find a job um mm-hmm. so that was the first thing i did i went to the job center and again this was uh, this was um you're only talking like 15 years ago but at that time sure. they didn't have computers in the shops they uh <laughs> you'd go in and uh They'd have all of the cards on the wall and uh-huh. uh, they did have a couple of computers, but they were new again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just go into the job center every day and um, ask them uh, for any creative jobs. And uh, I, I recall that there was a few where you could uh, design bathrooms, <laughs> which I was. Oh, thought well, that, that sounds interesting. Um, and uh, there was another one that sounded really good. Um that was working as a print finisher okay. so you're working for a print company and i thought yeah this sounds good so i went for that interview i was uh 16 absolutely useless at being interviewed um <laughs> but for whatever reason which is understandable uh, yeah, i mean yeah yeah <laughs> but they they um no, I was 18. Sorry, I was actually 18. But yeah, I, I went <laughs> still understandable. <laughs> and um, yeah, they they offered me uh, the job as mm-hmm. like an assistant to the uh, print finisher. So this was a company that did uh, like exhibition stands. And okay. There was two sides of the business. There was uh, two people that were doing all the artwork on their Macs, mm-hmm. and they were printing stuff. And uh, my job with uh with with the uh, with with the guy that was heading up the um the printing side um sorry the the print finishing side sure he um we used to just take those rolls of printed paper and then run them run them through big encapsulation machines and uh we'd have to cut them out and um you know just use rulers and stuff like that and we we basically the the two of us would turn those printed rolls of paper mm-hmm. and turn them into these um pop-up exhibition stands oh, so that was my first job and uh i i hated it <laughs> i can't imagine why uh like there's <laughs> there was a well first of all in that industry if anything goes wrong at the end and you ruin mm-hmm. it yeah, you, you gotta to start, start over again. Yeah. So the guys need to print it all off. It needs to come out. You need to put it through all the uh, all the materials. Uh, you need to trim them. You need to cut them. You need to mount them and then put them up. And uh, they were s- such perfectionists. Everything had to be the, to the precise millimeter. So if it was slightly out, it it wouldn't go. So there were times where we, you know, you we get we get excited because we're like yes we're going to finish it for and we can they they used to play on computer games after a certain time mm-hmm. um you know so if you could get it all done you could sit down and play on um unreal tournament um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah there was there was days when you know we're nearly finished and um you know you had to cut out these little hooks 
And let's say you mm-hmm. slip, you slip and you slash into the artwork, which happens. Oh no. It ruined. <laughs> and we just have to start again. And uh, there was times where we'd be working until eight, nine, ten, um, just redoing the artwork. And um, I just didn't like that. And I, I struggled with um, these these encapsulation machines. You'd have to put the paper three rollers at, at the precise angle. And if you get like one degree out, and it's a uh, you know a meter wide piece of artwork, and the material sure. is a meter wide. If you go out by one millimeter, it goes off on an angle, so you have to put it through again. So you have to get very. It's a very skilled job. Yeah. And um, I was in that job for about three months, and I cut my finger really badly. <laughs> oh yeah, I think everybody's been yeah. there and done that with an exacto knife at some point. Yeah, apparently uh, within that job, it's it's quite normal to. Uh, <laughs> to do this type of thing and but i mean it was a silly situation like literally imagine you got ruler long ruler meter long ruler mm-hmm. very sharp scalpel blade slice 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 i just happened to have my finger hanging over the end and the the blade was so sharp i didn't feel it yep um and i i until the blood uh, was coming out yeah <laughs> yeah i cut the end of my finger off and uh, <laughs> so i i um uh, that was that was number one thing that kind of made me think I I don't want to do this job anymore. But the, <laughs> that was the number one thing. Second thing, <laughs> the second thing that kind of um, really pushed me to leave was I used to ride a moped. You know, you're mm-hmm. talking like a 50 cc moped that could go about 40 miles per hour top speed <laughs> downhill. And, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 downhill. So I used to. <laughs> I used to uh, ride to work, which was like 12 miles away. Um, mm-hmm. So if you've got a car now, it's just down the road. Um, but that used to be quite a long journey. And uh, yeah, one, one day I came home and uh, I had a car, didn't see me, came out, oh, on no. the, came out on the roundabout and I smashed into the side of the car. You know, I had nowhere to go. And uh, my I went in... At, you know, like 30 miles per hour into the side of a car. Thankfully, Ouch. I just bounced over the top of it, rolled for about what felt like forever. And um, my bike just minced up on the floor. You know, it smashed into it. Just, I don't know what happened to it. Pretty um, much disintegrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it cr- crumbled to pieces. Um, I, I, I remember the car had like a huge dent in the side of it. Um, smashed windows, <laughs> and yeah, I just stood up for it. But the the next day, I I had my half my body was bruised. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, me being me at that time, I <laughs> I carried on riding that bed <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Because I thought I need to carry on doing this job. So even uh-huh. though half the side was broken and <laughs> I carried on riding it, but it turned out that bike was a write-off. I couldn't get to that job anymore. So I I, I quit that job. Uh-huh. And um, I, I, I mean, I, I lived with my mum um, uh, at that time and uh, I spoke with one of my friends and uh, he worked in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't really plan to ever work in a warehouse. I was a little bit of a snob about the job at the time, Sure. but it was 10 minutes walk from my house. I didn't need my bike. <laughs> I know people that work there and, um, it was a lower salary, but I, I went in for the interview 
And because of the sequence of events, like I, I had to go for the interview later in the evening. So sure. Like six o'clock. So the warehouse manager wasn't there. So I had the interview with, um, you know, it was quite a big company and mm-hmm. I, I had the interview with the second person down from the top, you know, someone very senior. Sure. And, um, I remember telling them what I want to do and I want to work in graphics. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, but I I told her, and I don't know how this came out on me, but I told her, I want to do this job so that I can learn to work within a team and improve my team building skills. <laughs> and I remember seeing her write down, very confident, even though I was um, actually feeling incredibly sick. <laughs> and um, yeah, I I was able to get that job. Um, mm-hmm. And that job... I don't know, I don't believe in fate and all this stuff, but if I did, you know, having the accident um, changed my career because that company, mm-hmm. um, they they recognized my um, capabilities. And I, I remember I had the CEO of the company come down about three months in and um, I was doing, I was doing quite well in that job. You know, it was, it was just sure. picking and it was like literally picking and packing in a warehouse Right. Um, but I, I got my forklift truck, truck license and I became a team leader and all this sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, the, the, the CEO of the business came down and he went, Ian, I hear you're good at drawing. And I went, yeah. And he went, okay. And then walked off. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, you're sitting there going, uh, what? Okay, that, that, <laughs> and then, um, weird. And then like later on in the day I had, um, a lady called Claire came down from the office and she's like, Ian, can I have a word? <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> and she asked me um, that there's a potential position open in the office um, mm-hmm. and they would like to invite me for a three-month or three-week, I think it was a three-week trial. Okay. And they said that part of the job would involve um, drawing and making posters so they asked me if I could draw something. <laughs> so I, um, I, uh, they used to make these medical products. Uh, sure. And um, yeah, I I drew a picture of someone opening, taking the lid off um, one of these uh, products, and I drew it in paint. <laughs> ah, I didn't know how else to do it. So hey, um, you know, I, you're I drew it on a piece of paper. You know at the time. Yeah, I drew it on a piece of paper, and I had a, um, a PC at home, and uh, I had no idea how. Like, I I remember, you know, working in that warehouse. They had the an area with the brochures, and I remember looking at those those um, leaflets, thinking, how do they draw it so crisp? How <laughs> how does that? And I I remember being so curious at that that age like no one no one else cared enough but i'm like sure did do that yeah but i did it in paint and it was kind of rubbish i put it on a floppy disk which don't exist anymore no thanks <laughs> and I, I gave it and um it turns out she couldn't even open it anyway so i spent like <laughs> you know like a whole day drawing this thing with pixels and um but anyway they they offered me uh this this job um it was it was in a uh like a corner of this office with um two other women and uh there was called product support and education and mm-hmm. uh to what what the job entailed was booking hotels um doing <laughs> admin for um for a sales team and then a small part of it was um making posters brochures um print materials for 
an international sales team. Okay. So um, me being an incredibly shy 18, 19-year-old, if the phone rang, my heart was pacing so much that when I answered it, I kind of almost threw up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was so so nerve-wracking. And uh, you'd, you'd have people, like, we there, there was one of the sales guys that was from Scotland. Sure. And he'd want... Um, He'd say he'd want um, he'd want you to book a hotel in Bybury. You know that's how we say it down south. We say Bybury, mm. but here go Bibbury. You want a hotel, in, and he had the sh- short temper. Uh, <laughs> so well, I don't Scottish. understand. I don't understand him, and he get angry. So basically, I sucked at doing any of the uh, telephone calls, <laughs> all of the admin but, stuff. Yeah, all the admin stuff. So you know, all of the stuff that I could do <laughs> was posters. <laughs> Uh, the the leaflets. So um, at that time, the way that they used to do it was um, it would basically be a piece of paper, and they'd have to show how um, uh, all of the tubes and stuff connect together. So you'd like sure. attach this product to this product, this filter to this filter, and they used to do these diagrams so that the sales team could go into you know a hospital and go, "This is the setup that's for you. This is how much it's going to be." So I didn't know. They used to do it as like stick illustrations. Sure. But I was kind of just playing around with the software and um, I was able to find some software at home to, um, sorry, some videos at home to start learning how to use it. And I started to take the pictures from the brochures and, and put them in the posters. So quite, you know, you're talking just a few weeks. My posters already looked better than what they were doing. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, they they seem quite happy with that. So they put me on some training with a local print company. Like they mm-hmm. they they seem to have some. The the company had some arrangement with this local print company. So all of our work went to them, and in exchange, they would give me some training. Gotcha. So I, uh, they booked like six afternoon tr- six afternoon train training sessions with um, this guy that worked at the print company, and uh, I'd be ex- I used to be so excited. I I'd list down all of the questions. I'd find, um, you know, like magazines and stuff like that, that that I'd had at home. And I used to go in again, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I'd just literally just keep asking and asking and asking and just picking his brains, finding out how to do stuff. And over, you know, the course of that um, six afternoons, he taught me quite a bit. And uh, they, the the company had this one new product that came out and they needed a double-sided leaflet. So I mm-hmm. took everything that he taught me and I created this um, print-ready uh, leaflet and um, it went to the printers and I remember everyone being kind of excited and I didn't really know why. <laughs> but it turns out uh, the way the team had been working previously is they would work with a freelancer. So... Okay. Um, the two of them who were more, I'll be honest, they were more admin, sure. admin based, but they would work with the, like you had these business development managers like this. Yeah. Um, if you can imagine this long hall of offices and there was like six different managers and they mm-hmm. all have their own product range. So one of them, what, what they would do is they would work with, um, with the team. The team would kind of mock something out, you know, plan it all out, put all of the mm-hmm. text in there. They'd do a rough version then that would go over to this freelancer and he'd you know illustrate everything create all the images um finish it all off and get it ready 
um, to send to a printer. It then lies with the print company and do that. So it turns out this kid that came from the warehouse that was being paid, you know, I think I was on about 8,000 pounds a year, which is like <laughs> lower than minimum wage now. Yeah. This kid could do the work that this freelancer was probably charging a fortune for. So Sure. I think they realized I saved a lot of money, so they started to invest <laughs> in um, in my time, and I, I was just sucking everything in, like, uh, anything I could learn, I, I would, and I spend all my time at home just practicing, and that's literally how I was learning. I was just, you know, just going, how would you do this? How would you do that? Who would you do that? And that, the guy from that print company, if I ever needed anything, I could just pick up the phone and, and uh, call him and... Uh, yeah, I was I was in that company for about five years, and uh, you know, oh you know, wow, five years is a long time. And that yeah. team went from, uh, well, that that team originally it was three of us. Two sure. two of them were doing the admin stuff, but then one of them uh, got pregnant and left, so we got another guy. He could do graphic stuff as well, um, and so there was two of us doing posters and um brochures and print, print materials and photography and stuff like that and because of that there was more of a demand for what we was doing and the the team changed a lot like all the admin stuff kind of uh, started to get pushed out to other teams and uh we ended up having a larger office and it became like a full-on internal uh media office to some degree because we was doing okay. videos and we was doing photography um and they, they just kept investing in us like literally they they bought us uh cameras they bought us uh you know gave us training for using um the, all the camera equipment they bought all the uh lighting and uh they bought us new macs and uh the the team changed a lot within that time uh um, so, so they were very supportive of the efforts and saw the value in it and oh yeah they did they, they really did like um I can imagine having, uh, you know, a, a small team within the company probably saved them a lot of money and also gave access to, to um, more staff. So, mm -hmm. you know, with with what I was learning there, you know, I, I went from knowing absolutely nothing to <laughs> creating um, full on brochures with like illustrations and uh everything in there and uh, you know even to this day i look back at that some of that stuff and i I still think it's some of the best work that i i've done just because we we pretty much had unlimited time to do um these brochures and because i was so enthusiastic about it all there's some um like product illustrations that i you know kind of painted in uh photoshop that they look so realistic even now and um yeah i just learned so much in that job but you know after that five-year period i was redesigning my work sure and i i hit a glass ceiling i felt like i can't really learn anymore in this job mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah i i i just felt a bit fed up in that job so i ended up you know looking for other potential jobs and <laughs> um yeah, so I mean that's literally how I, how I got in into the um, industry, <laughs> just just by uh, you know get, getting that opportunity at a warehouse and and working my way up the uh, ladder and you know kind of just learning and sure picking up as much stuff as I could. So at, at what point you know 
does what you're doing now with Logo Geek kind of enter your head? How how? Okay, so I I left that job. I moved on to another uh, company that, and I I went into a lead uh, a lead uh, a lead position and mm-hmm. uh, for a web agency. And I never worked on on web at that point, but as part <laughs> of that as part of that job, uh, we'd we'd be working on websites, and um, sometimes a logo would come up. And at sure. that time, I'd never worked on a logo, and I've always had this mindset that uh, if I don't know something, I'll keep practicing at home. Mm-hmm. So I was with that com- I'm still with that company now, part time. Um, sure. I've been there nearly. I've been there nine years now. Which oh, is wow. a long time, uh, but yeah, we we I, I found we we keep doing these websites, and I I started to get really good at you know web, but then these logo projects would come up like once a month, and mm-hmm. I'd always get really excited about them. But I found I found it hard every single time. Like I do one, and then I get into it, and you know if two or three came up in one month, by the third one I felt I was quite good. But then, mm-hmm. if there was two months that went by again, you know, I felt like oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Again, <laughs> I know that you know? feeling well. <laughs> so, um, I in in my free time, I've always, you know, taken on like fun side projects, and you know, that's that's included things from like film posters and um, you know, basically anything that excited me. So, um, sure, um, you know, film posters, CD covers, um, computer games. And it was actually a, a, a computer game project that I was working on that uh, took so it was like a four year long project. Oh wow! That was sucking up all of my time. And um, after that, I I decided I don't want any more. I don't want to do any more side projects. It's exhausting. Um, but uh, it was like two or three weeks later. I wanted something to work on, mm-hmm. and because I had this interest in logos, and because I wasn't doing enough in that job to kind of um learn it properly i decided okay uh logo design projects are relatively short term sure i could take one on you know i could start on one and within you know two three week period it would be finished and that sounded great because at that time i'd been working on this project that took four years you know and um as as much as i loved the work that i done and as you know as excited as i was it it was too it was too long it was too much time so started i i decided okay i'm going to work on logos mm-hmm. and um where logo geek actually came from where the name came from is um i i i picked up some some web design knowledge um from the agency that i'm with now um, sure and uh they they had a, they have an seo team as part of that and at that time you know you had to have uh the keywords within the domain so i'd <laughs> i'd go on to I, I i sat there at home and i wrote down a list of all these potential names mm-hmm. i wrote down hundreds of them and i'd sit there and uh one two three reg and i type it in not not there gone gone <laughs> gone it's like just hundreds of these things. And um, at that time, there wasn't any of these new domains. You know, now now there's everything available. But at that sure. time, it was just dot, .com or .co.uk. So you go through, gone, 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 gone. There was nothing. Then I typed in, you know, after probably an entire day, Logo Geek. And I thought, that's not going to be there, but I'll type it in anyway. 
and it was available logogeek.co.uk was there <laughs> and i was worried that it might be a bit cheesy but i thought i don't i'm just gonna register it anyway mm-hmm. so I, I registered uh logo geek and um started building it i threw a website together and um i i started working on logos just for um uh, friends and family and that that was always the intent was that this website would become um a, a platform for me to to practice uh to do uh logos for friends um i i did have the idea i've always been quite into signing events and um comic mm-hmm. con and stuff like that and i thought yeah logo geek would be good to go around like comic con and sell logos to <laughs> you know these um yeah that's not a bad idea comic con uh so yeah i thought that could work and um yeah i i never really dedicated much time to it but when when i did you know do um you know a 50 pound logo which is hardly anything now when i did a 50 pound <laughs> logo for um a client i i do the work and then i put it on the website and then i'd write a blog about it and um i thought okay maybe i could get some clients if i start using social media so i started posting on facebook Mm-hmm. um facebook i i facebook when i was posting on facebook it was just attracting other people like me i didn't get any clients from it but i found sure. i quite enjoyed um you know sharing the resources that i was finding you know it was a, it, I, it was a useful way of just storing information that i was finding um and uh yeah originally it was facebook and facebook was growing slowly um and then in my day job uh we had someone during the company that was really good with Twitter. And mm-hmm. um, uh, she shown some uh, tricks of how you can grow the audience really quickly. So I thought, hey, I'm going to try everything that I've been doing on Facebook and start doing it on Twitter. So <laughs> the Twitter started growing. And then, you know, my website that was just sat there by the way it had mm. spelling mistakes in it it was it was just <laughs> I, I didn't know anyone was going to look at it i thought you know this is just a website for me no one's ever going to see it sure um i got a, an inquiry from someone that i didn't know <laughs> hey that's a that's a good motivator yeah so um yeah I, I sent out a quote and they accepted it and i had my first you know client mm-hmm. and um you know it was nice to get paid to do something in your free time because when you when you've already got a salary coming in and then suddenly you're able to get a few hundred pounds for a, a yeah. project on the side it's it's like i can buy a playstation this month you know <laughs> mm-hmm. you can or you can pay for a holiday or something like that so i i found that you know that really motivating um so i i decided okay i'm gonna ramp this up i'm gonna uh, focus on uh the website more i'm gonna carry on you know just posting on on twitter but it was it was twitter that you know really started to start to grow really fast mm-hmm. and i started to get opportunities that i never expected i would get that just seemed impossible um all right i'm like, hitting you like, up after this for advice on yeah, that, yeah. So. <laughs> so um yeah i remember after i got to like eight thousand followers on twitter i got invited to be on the jury of something called transform awards mm-hmm. and that turned out you know you go to this event and and you're with these people and it's like oh my god there's like i don't know if you know simon manchip the guy that um 
uh, founded uh, the agency someone he was just on the table just over there and uh, uh-huh. you know just had all these agency owners and stuff in that in the audience and it, it just really opened my eyes that by using social media you can uh, gain access to opportunities that are impossible and um, I, I just I decided I need to focus on this so sure. every single day I started posting on um, I was using Buffer, so it was, I was posting on to Facebook, on to Twitter, mm-hmm. and everything just grew and grew and grew. And, and the more the, the the more the audience grew, the the more enthusiastic I was towards sharing. And you know, fast forward um, four years. I mean, I started it about maybe five years ago. Sure. Fast forward five years, I've I now own my own um, business that I could take full time. That's making more money that I than what I'm making in my um day job sure. um I've got a podcast now which I'm able to get a sponsorship for you know it's just a, a decent sponsorship mm-hmm. um Twitter I've got an audience I just hit 90,000 which Jesus. is insane um I've got a Facebook group that I set up uh six months ago and that being very picky with the who I'm letting in Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for letting me in and being picky. On me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm very picky with who I let in, and and already after just six months, it's it's already at over like two thousand three hundred people, and it's very active. Sure, um, yeah, it so, definitely is. Um, I think it's the best group for uh, anything to do with logos and branding. Mm-hmm. You know, there there aren't. I mean, there there's other groups online. Um, that mm-hmm. are free, but they're really bad, and I I understand why because of the the way that I have to I have to be very firm with how I moderate the group to keep the quality up. But everything is just growing and growing and growing. Like the the clients I'm getting now are just getting better and better. I I've gone from you know charging originally like twenty five pound for Lego. I think that was the first one I I did like five years <laughs> ago. To charging, I just did one that was two thousand pounds. Um. So it's just I I don't know where it's going, but I've um I read the book The One Thing, and it mm-hmm. suggests to have this like somewhere out there goal, and um I've got this <laughs> you just based on that book I've got this silly idea that um in my life I would like to be someone like um you know like Michael Beirut and I'll be speaking at um you know doing ted talks and uh speaking at the <laughs> how conference in new york and you know having multiple books and having training courses that are making you know six figure sums and you know having this future <laughs> and basically being someone influential in the industry sure um and it's weird i'm i kind of made this plan and worked out okay this is how i feel that i should do this and i've just been sitting down doing the work and uh this year I'm I'm on a jury with Debbie Millman and um and like David Airy and Jacob Casson. I've got a podcast out that's you know interviewing uh you know some of the biggest names in in the industry. Like I, I've spoken with Aaron Draplin, um, mm-hmm. like like David Airy. Like I said, um, he hasn't actually done any other podcast interviews. I've got I've got an exclusive interview with him. I'm um, very jealous just, of that, by the way. It's just it's just like. I I'm just going to keep doing the podcast and I'm just moving forward and I I I mean being you know from a personal level I'm having to push through um a lot of um a lot of anxiety 
because sure. you know, doing things like these interviews and um i i find it scary <laughs> i find it unco- like i've always been that quiet kid sure that sits behind a computer and doesn't really talk to anyone um you know being the youngest of you know a large family i could get away with not really speaking to anyone i'll just hide behind <laughs> my mum and um, nobody would notice he's got speak- 10 kids yeah yeah like literally <laughs> i was uh really shy growing up and i still am a little bit now so you know i'm doing things like the podcasts doing things like i did a live video feed these things Mm. scare the scare the crap out of me you know like really you you, you can say shit if you want to i saw you uh, (laughs) check yourself there (laughs) yeah really it's 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 nerve-wracking doing this type of thing but i'm i'm having to you know face my fears and I'm I'm not regretting doing that because you know when when you do a podcast and you're able to get paid for it with through sponsorship yeah. to sit down and speak <laughs> the to big your podcast heroes, money that it is <laughs> yeah yeah and and you if if you're able to speak you know if you're able to get a few grand to sit down and speak to your heroes yeah That's so cool so I want to do more of that. <laughs> I completely um, so, agree. I'm right there with you on that. I've, you know, my podcast has been going for, oh, it'll be two years in March. Is that right? right. Yeah. Damn. Two years in March. And the whole reason I started it, well, there were two reasons I started it. One is I really wanted to be able to give back to Creative South for what it had given me. And the other one was kind of like you. I was always the shy kid. I, you know, lots of social anxiety and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a way for me to talk to people I'd been very interested in, mm-hmm. um, in a way that I could control that conversation and, you know, not have to worry nearly as much about the social anxiety and things like that. Now, that being said, it was still nerve wracking and there's days mm-hmm. where it's still nerve wracking where mm-hmm. I, you know, talk to people, but yeah, it, it well, has helped I, a lot with that. Too. I find, um, like with this interview i i always get really hyped up with it like i feel slightly sick just before and um <laughs> I, I always get nervous but you once i found once i actually get into it i'm okay yeah and even when it has gone bad people have said it's good well that, <laughs> and, that's always good um i mean i the the way that i see it with everything that i'm doing with all the like i've done a lot of podcast interviews this last year mm-hmm. um I'm doing it for me, you know, I'm, I'm doing it to get, um, to practice speaking, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and hopefully one day I will get over the, uh, the anxiety of doing it. Um, but (laughs) yeah, with my, with my goal, I want to do a, a, I've got this crazy goal of doing a Ted talk, but the issue is my greatest phobia is public speaking. I think that's (laughs) most people's greatest phobia. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing things like, uh, the podcast and um, I'm going to uh, a speaking class that's uh, mm-hmm. twice a month and hopefully if I keep doing that by the end of the year I might pluck up the courage to be able to do something like I don't know one of the conferences <laughs> I'll be quite happy just to do like a glug event or something like that you know just <laughs> just to try and get into it but that that's I I'd like to not regret doing these things when i'm old sure um because 
like my my mum she passed away last year right and um sorry i was i spent a lot of time in a care home and you see these old people and it makes you realize man you only live once and i, I didn't want to it's, it's easy to imagine uh being old you know when you're mm-hmm. in that place and you know that's like your your last place and if imagine spending your whole life turning down opportunities just because of her fear yeah and i think that sucks right yeah and i know if i'm like 80 year old um and i you know i pass away i'm just gonna regret not ever trying so since my mum passed away mm. i i handed in my notice i started doing a podcast i'm co-host on this other stuff i started to travel more you know there's so many things i've started doing now because i've got this mindset that um in in a hundred years time let's face it none of us are going to be here maybe sure. some you know maybe some people that are being born now might still be alive but sure. most of us aren't going to exist anymore so it's easy to imagine ah yeah i just need to do this and if it all goes wrong it doesn't really matter so i just keep doing stuff and if it goes wrong what the hell <laughs> at least at least i'm not gonna you know be an 80 year old man thinking i wish or what if but uh-huh. now I'm, you know, I'm doing my freelance business and growing an audience. I'm doing the interviews. I'm going to do the speeches. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> um, but you know, well, just, I know, I know a good conference in Georgia that maybe in 2019 we could uh, could get you at, uh, and oh it, it's not so huge that uh, you have 10,000 people in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I could. Uh, probably do (laughs) i'll put in a good word for you (laughs) i i've i've been really lucky that um i've i've spoken to a few people and they're like oh you should come and speak at i mean glug was one of them uh Mm. they they wanted me to speak at the glug london and i just immediately said no (laughs) (laughs) um but i don't i don't want to turn these things down i want to push myself Sure. So I'm I'm doing as many podcast interviews as I can, and I'm uh, going to the uh, the speaking class, which I I really hate, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to that, and and I'm hoping that you know after a couple of years, uh, just be second nature, and I'm um, just feel quite comfortable in front of a uh, crowd, and you know would would have overcome my um phobias and kind of achieved my my one thing (laughs) sure so so you you mentioned that the logo geek community itself only started six months ago yeah what was your reasoning behind starting the community what what, okay so why did you want to do that right so it was at the time when uh i started to plan um like i've I've, about a year ago i I decided i want to move um, I want to start buying a house, so I mm-hmm. I relocated, and uh, six months ago was when I finally finished my office, finally moved, and stuff like that. So <laughs> I got my whiteboard and I wrote down a plan, and that plan is still on the board. And on that that plan is um, everything that I want to do long term. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, long term, I want to do a training course. I want to do a book. I want to have a podcast I've done the podcast now but there was all these things I wanted to do and the the overall arching um aspect of that was an audience sure and um I've always I've I've had my uh Twitter feed for a long time and I keep calling it a community mm-hmm. um but it's it's a one-way conversation let's face it you know like um 
I speak and then people just come back to me. So it's very much sure. a, a two-way conversation. It's not it's not really a community. Right. And um, I I'd started to see other Facebook groups start growing, and I thought, hmm, this could probably go really nicely with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I could have this Facebook group that would slowly grow, and maybe in five years time there would be a few thousand people in there and you know working on every day this year maybe by the end of the year there would be a couple of hundred people and you know it would start to get you know active and I thought yeah it's going to take a long time to to grow the audience in there and to build up but I've always played the long game so I'm thinking you know five years down the line I will have that training course I'd have that book I'd have all, all of that stuff so I thought yeah I, I think it makes sense to start building up this community on Facebook so that I've got you know the followers on Twitter and I've got them on um, Facebook too I thought that that would be really good and I thought my audience on Twitter would probably want something like that so um, I opened it up and then told people on Twitter that it existed and uh <laughs> within a few days there was people a few flocked hundred to it very people quickly. in there yeah yeah um and uh since that day it's just been growing it's it's nuts like there's 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 almost two thousand people in the in the queue of people that i need to check through um you know that the, the amount of people that have tried to access the group is uh, you know over five thousand mm-hmm. um but i'm very selective with who i'm letting in um you get a lot of uh, the this sounds awful, but you get a lot of trash that comes in through the group. You know, sure. Uh, these people that are working on five and stuff like that, I don't yeah. particularly agree with how they uh, market themselves within communities. Uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and that's, that's the main reason why I was just playing the, the long game. And um, I, I thought it would be really cool to have a decent community around Legos. And mm-hmm. it turns out I was right because the group's just been growing really fast and, the general feedback is very positive and um, there's a lot of people in there that just want to give their time and you, you can tell it's just a thriving community of um, people that are just freely giving their time and it wouldn't be a community without those people and you know I'm just amazed with what it's become and um, I think everyone that's in there is is appreciating that it now exists. Gotcha. So you know, we're we're kind of getting close to our time here. Aside from the you know wanting to do TED talks and expand <laughs> things on that, what do you have coming down the pike that uh, you're excited about and you're allowed to talk about? Okay, so uh, I've just started. Well, with with the podcast, I always plan just to do one season, and I thought, yeah, I'll do that and get it out of the way and just push them out. <laughs> um, but it went really well, and uh, the feedback has been very positive. The download numbers have been really good. Mm-hmm. um so i i made my mind up i'm gonna i'm gonna do season two um so i've been recording the episodes uh i've done three so far this year and the rest are all booked in for january awesome. um so i'm gonna start rolling that out uh mid-january uh, so that's pretty exciting and i've also like freed up my calendar too so that i can start writing a book and i can start doing my training course um so that's that's the most exciting thing really i'm just i just plan to keep growing the community and mm-hmm. um my my goal is just to start making the training course that everyone keeps demanding from me <laughs> <laughs> and um just continue to build um those resources and stuff like that for for the audience sure 
That's uh, that sounds pretty exciting. I'm, I've yeah. I've really enjoyed the stuff that you've been doing so far. So oh, I'm excited you. to see what uh, what comes up from uh, all that. Yeah, I just wanna I just wanna ramp it up really and just just do more more with it because I I don't think there's there's a huge amount of stuff around um, logos out there that you know that is uh, specifically um, driven towards a community. So mm-hmm. I I just like to build on what I've been building and you know doing as much as I can to to help people and you know to do it in a way so that I can be financially secure sure <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, make a, a good passive thing. income like that, that that that's basically my goal is to make products that is helpful is not expensive but also people want to pay for and um, mm-hmm. so that you know, long term, I can just have a, a passive income so that I can free up time to create more content. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, most of my free time, I spend, you know, building the community or writing or helping people. You know, that's what I that's what I find I'm really enjoying doing. Um, sure. So I like to find a way to uh, monetize that so that I can do it full time. Awesome. Win-win for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a good goal. So, um, well, real quickly, where can people find you online? Okay, so uh, if you uh, do a Google search for Logo Geek, you, you'll find my website. But uh, mm-hmm. you can find me on my website, uh, logogeek.uk, or uh, you can follow me on Twitter at logo underscore geek, um, or you can join the, the, the Logo Geek community that I mentioned, which is a, um, a Facebook group. But if you just go to my website, all the links are on there. Um, mm-hmm. You can check out the blogs. And, and, and stuff we'll, like we'll put all those in the show notes as well. So Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Ian, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me uh, today. I You're really welcome. appreciate it. You're welcome. It was, it was a fun conversation. Yeah, it was good to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go out and hug some necks. <laughs> yeah, I will do. <laughs> You can find out more about Ian on Twitter at logo underscore geek. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod. And follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA. Over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PrinceSouth18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks. <laughs>